All right. Hello, everyone. I'm here today with the head football coach at Illinois State University, Brock Spack. Brock, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, Paul. Enjoy it. Right on. Well, hey, I mean, we've, we've actually talked before, believe it or not. No one's seen it because the hard drive that I saved the video to crashed. <laughs> so I was fortunate enough to meet you at Epiphany Catholic Church the other day and say, hey, bad news. The video we did last time got erased. we got to reschedule. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate you hey. making the time to come on again. My pleasure. Enjoy the conversation. Yeah. So you're the ISU head football coach. How long have you been there, first of all? I'll be coming on uh, this this fall. It'll be my 14th season, so I've been there quite a long time. It doesn't seem like that, but um, I'm a little unusual in the coaching business. You know, we're like gypsies, and guys kind of bounce around. I've never been into that. Mm-hmm. Um, like to settle down in in, in, a, in, a, in a community. I was at Purdue for 22 years. You know, so I've been here 14. So it's uh, just kind of my my. Uh, the way I work, I just I'm not a big. I picked the wrong profession, right? Because I don't I don't like to move. And, uh, <laughs> but but uh, I'll move if I have to. But I, I really really choose not to because I really like really like it here. We love it here, and uh, uh, the family's done very well here. And my wife has done really really well. We've we've really uh, got a lot of great friends here, and and uh, and I, I just uh, it's just a wonderful community, you know. And the schools, you know, I, I work for great people, so no issues, you know. Why not? I'm not a. I don't like to step out of my comfort zone. I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you've you've only been to Purdue. You've only coached at Purdue and ISU. Uh, actually, or? not. And I should I should clarify. You know, I, I was at Purdue several different times. So, so it's mm. a total of 22. My last time I was there was a, was 12 straight. That's the most I've been there. So this will be the most I've been at one place for 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 the same amount of time. You know, for without leaving. Mm. Um, I was. I, I played at Purdue, uh, played pro football briefly, and got cut. Came back was a GA at Purdue. Um, left, uh, went to Wabash College for one year. Then went to Eastern Illinois for four years. Our, our, our quarterback coach and offensive coordinator Bob Spoo got the head job there uh, from Purdue, and he's a Chicago guy, and I'm from Rockford, so uh, was there for four years. Went back to Purdue as a linebacker coach. And then uh, for four years, and then Coach Tiller hired me, who's a guy I played for my senior year and, and GA'd for, and known him since 1983, maybe. Um, uh, he hired me as a defensive coordinator at Wyoming, went to Wyoming, was there for two years, and then Coach Tiller got the job at, at Purdue. So I went back to Purdue wow. as a coordinator. And uh, my wife, my wife grew up up two blocks from the stadium. There, she was her her dad was a professor of veterinary medicine, her, and her mom, uh, you know, taught in the school of art and, and design. And she was she kind of was one of the counselors in the school of art and design as well. So, she was a Purdue brat and uh, lived right there and stayed in town, went to school, and that's how we met. And uh, so she had never been any place but but there. And then uh, you know we moved around a little bit, but uh, when we came here, I'll never forget it. We were walking our dog Chase. Chase was our our. Uh, fourth golden retriever and we were walking him around the the uh, uh beautiful night fall night and uh, taking him on a walk and he goes you know this is the best place you've ever lived and i looked at her i said coming from you that means something because i never thought we you would want to live anywhere but west lafayette but she she really 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 enjoys this town and, and so do i so it's it's you know i think we you know, coming from the outside in, I, I, I when people complain about this and that, I say, ah, you should go somewhere else. Mm. It's a pretty nice place to live now. Yeah, you know, no kidding. Really nice place. And 
and people are great opportunities are great you know it's we're not affected it doesn't seem like it anyways like we're affected by the state of illinois you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah you kind of know what i'm saying i'm sure illinois, i'm about so. to have darren bailey on uh one of these days if you know who darren bailey interesting. is interesting yeah politician, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. i'd love to have jb pritzker on sometime but i don't know if that'll <laughs> that'll ever happen but I doubt it, but we'll never know mm-hmm. but yeah i, I you know the, the issues of illinois we really don't feel here in our in our in our town you know we this is a very vibrant you know business community out, out, you know outside the pandemic and now it's getting cranked back up again and uh like a lot of places we're, we're making transition you know to online things you know shopping and all that uh, the, the malls aren't busy as they, as they used to be but still a really wonderful place to go to, to, to go to school to, to live and to work so um I think people have been here their whole life. I think they're very spoiled because <laughs> it's a really cool place. I agree completely. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful place. It seems like your wife said you said her heart was in West Lafayette. Is that fair to say? It was, and, and uh, now it's now, here. Now it's here. Yeah, she's she she works for Special Olympics Illinois. Uh, mm-hmm. She has a job there with she, uh, with them, and then uh, she and she sells real estate on the side, and then uh, and as a as a and she likes she loves that part of the you know she loves business. And uh, she's really smart with m- numbers and math, so she's, she loves that kind of stuff. But she's really been ingrained in, in the community and, and really, really enjoys it. So, And uh, ironically, she didn't get a job because of this, but, you know, I, I, Special Olympics was our, you know, our, 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 our special group. You know, while all, when I first came here, we, all the sports had a group they would, would sponsor or support, uh, you know, you know philanthropy type thing you know we you, hmm. you, you, you'll do community service and ours was uh i like that you know was with special olympics you know we tried to get our players involved with that i think it's really important to understand how lucky they are uh, to be as gifted as they are as athletics as athletes and uh, i was really good I, you know i worked with we worked a little bit with the humane side i love dogs so we worked a little bit with them as well but mostly he's done with special olympics my wife got there's a job open she got a job there so she's really she really enjoyed it you know she works for great people there and and that's it's cool, cool setup for. That's awesome, yeah. And four golden retrievers, yeah. You must like dogs. Yeah, we, we we're, we're on number five. Believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness, Chase passed away. We're, we're number five. I think we, yeah, I think we're. Four. I think Chase was three. Now we, we got we got four and five now. Um, we have two, and uh, Reggie and Vinny. Uh, my wife named Vinny Vinny Vin, after Vince Lombardi. Hmm. So, was, and then my my daughter. And her husband and her two daughters have a have a golden named Kirby, uh, that, and then we, we I think we uh, we got I think we bought that that for them for an engagement present. And then we, Cavic uh, is Brent and uh, Nicole, my uh, my son and daughter in law. That's their their golden. He looks like a polar bear, and we got him for the same thing. Was it was a kind of engagement type thing? We're saying first, so for so we we love golden retrievers. So there can be four of them running around the house. They, all both kids are there, so it's, it can be get wild. Oh, I am sure, and a lot of poop. I'm sure. Oh yeah, big poops from big yeah, dogs. Dad, you know? dad, will I mean, uh, mom, my my wife will send me out. Say, hey, you gotta do poop pickup. <laughs> uh, so, like hey. when it's cold, it makes it a little easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Cocky pucks. That's right. That's right. Easy, right. easy cleanup. Yeah, easy, easier done. Well, hey, you mentioned in this story, uh, and just what little we've said already. You me- you mentioned that you played pro football for a while. Tell me about. Oh, uh, real briefly, I was with the Dallas Cowboys, and um, wow. Had an opportunity to play there and um, got cut the last cut and then uh, they won the, the, the linebacker coach and I would talk for a long time and they're great people you know Coach Landry that was the end of his 
basically he's near the end of his career and um and the cowboys were, were were going downhill at the time and uh he, he said that you know if you want to you know i know you want to coach and you know you have high school you know, I, I can teach high school social studies. I can get you a job right here in Dallas. You, you can train and stick right next to us, and we can, um, you know, maybe bring you back again next year. And, or if some injuries happen, we can bring you back. And I thought, you know, I, 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 had, I had a GA slot open at Purdue, and it was going to close pretty quickly. And I said, you know, I, I just I think it's probably time uh, that I move on and, and, and start coaching, you know. And mm. so I, I really wanted to coach and um, I was kind of beat up towards the end of my career and had a lot of a lot of issues with, with, you know, with health and all that. But I uh, uh, appreciate it. You know, high school football in Texas is really good, but uh, decided mm-hmm. to decided to go back and, and my, we just got married, you know, and we've been away from my wife for a couple months, you know, and I said it's time to get my feet in the ground and, and get going in my career. Cause that's just another, if I play another year or two, you know, this puts me behind, uh, you know, my, the, the career I want to get into and that's, that's, that's coaching. And, uh, I'd have to start at a, a later age. Uh, obviously the, the money would have been fine, but, uh, I love to play, but it was, it was kind of my time to move on, I think. And so I moved on and, and got into coaching and, I wanted to play as long as I could, and, and I, I wanted to coach. You know, I've been coaching ever since. This will be my 39th season in college. So, back in '84, I was 22 years old and got cut and went back to coaching. So, hmm. it was a it was kind of a cool deal. So, the experience playing pro football is cool. You know, you know, it's neat. You know, and you know, it's not. It's like a lot of things in life. It's not what you think it is. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes, and it, it's, it's it can be really uh, difficult and. Uh, uh, and sometimes the people can be interesting and difficult. What <laughs> so, do you mean by that? Well, just there's a lot of egos, you know, and uh, I don't handle egos very well. You know, we're big egos anyways, and, that, and that, that, there's a lot of that, you know, in pro football. So You seem like a humble guy just from what little I've talked to you. Yeah, I try to be. I mean, I'm not a – really don't want to be the center of attention. Don't don't really like that monster, but I know so, I am the face of the program here, but um, – I'm not a big fan, and I don't really like that very much. I'd rather put our players on posters and all that stuff. I'd rather stay out, you know. I don't want to be the first guy running down the hill and out through the smoke and all that stuff. I'd rather let the players do all that. And uh, I do it because I – but I've, I've had surgery now, as you know, and uh, I couldn't run last year, and I'm, I'm probably not going to run anymore, so I probably you won't see me out in front anymore. <laughs> what so was your uh, surgery on? I had a reconstruction. I had to reconstruct my foot. Basically, I had an injury in college, and it, you know they fixed it so I could play. But uh, science has kind of caught up to it, so they've changed some things and some new procedures that makes it a little better. And it just fell apart, you know. And um, had a lot going on. Had a four-hour surgery. Had to fix it. And I was going to wait till I was retired, actually, but decided to do it. You know, it was starting to affect other joints because I limped so much, and mm-hmm. so I, I said. I, the uh, doctor said, I'm going to put you in a truck and take it myself. If you don't get this done, you probably got to get it done now. Right. So uh, I had a break here, you know, and uh, didn't didn't go to the playoffs this year. So it was a good good time. And I, and, and that, you know, month and a half or so with, uh, with uh, you know, Christmas, I was able to have surgery on the 15th, go through. I had to be on my back for a while, you know. So I uh, got all that out of the way, and by the time – the guys got back here. I could at least have a cast, and I was getting around. But uh, now the cast is off. I'm in a shoe, and we're moving forward. 
Right. Well, good for you. Glad you're doing better now. But doing it's like great. talking about serious foot injuries like that. It's exactly the same as when you're looking at a skyscraper, it having a damaged foundation. The foundation is everything when it comes to any any structure, a human body or a large building. You got to get that taken care of. And it's, it's such a sensitive area. You know, the smallest little crack, the smallest little impurity, if you want to call it that, can really wreak havoc on everything that's above it, which is everything in your body it's unbelievable really and it's hard to get what you find out about foot surgery i've had seven operations for, you know for, for other issues you know but when you're in college you play footballs on i did sometimes you have those things happen but the older you get you know you start you start breaking down and um man i just uh, there's a lot that goes into that foot and there's those bones aren't very big you know right. and, oh my god I, I i don't know how many screws i got in my foot right now i'm gonna send off every mm-hmm every uh, metal detector probably within 100 <laughs> miles i got a lot of screws in there uh, but it, it was um it, w- it fell apart and they had to rebuild it and it and then i started limping a lot and then my hip was bothering me and my back started bothering me and mm-hmm. and, and all as he said when another joints got affected like you said you gotta you gotta get it fixed so i got it fixed finally so right. but i've been limping a lot still so i gotta try to stop limping so mm-hmm. I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll get there yeah, it, it's a complicated game to play. I feel like you, I mean... Kind of flip a coin sometimes, but yeah, I think but it'll be the best thing for me. If a foot goes bad on one side, you get it fixed, and you're still limping on it. It's like sometimes you almost have to hinder the other foot so that your other that your, your now freshly fixed foot can get used to taking on most of the weight. It's, it's complicated. I'm learning how to walk again, you know, mm-hmm. walking without pain, and I don't have as much pain. It's just uncomfortable sometimes when it swells. So I'm basically learning how to walk heel to toe again. And, yeah. And uh, it it's different, you know, and, and it'll blow up a little bit. It swells up, you know, because you haven't used those things in a long time. And I'm walking differently. I've, I got used to having an injury, and now I'm used to it. Now I have a more normal foot. And, and for 40 years I've walked a certain way, and now it's it's, got, it's changed again. So I got to kind of reteach myself how to walk, basically. Awesome. Well, hey, I want to ask you in one second about your pro football career. I want to know kind of some more details about that. But first... It wasn't very long. It won't take very long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'm very interested. And before we get to that, I want to give a quick shout out to a few sponsors, which are Ultra Physical Therapy in Lexington, Illinois, and Hoffman's Lakers in Fairbury. So here's a quick word from them. Newsflash, no one likes being injured or being in pain. And if you're suffering from joint or muscle pain or recovering from a sports injury or a recent surgery, Ultra Physical Therapy in downtown Lexington, Illinois is here to help. They are a locally owned physical therapy company that can treat everyone from the star cheerleader to the farmer getting ready for harvest to the professional office worker to the grandmother who wants to be able to play with her grandchildren. The therapists at Ultra Physical Therapy have a combined 25 years of experience and are trained in cutting edge interventions including dry needling, blood flow restriction training, cupping, and the use of massage and joint manipulation. They are also skilled in developing exercise and rehabilitation programs to get you back to doing all the the things that you love to do. So free yourself from those aches and pains that are slowing you down and give them a call at 309-365-2500 to schedule an appointment or just to ask questions. Come to Ultra Physical Therapy in Lexington and we'll keep you moving. All 
right? That was ultra physical therapy. They are great people. They know what they're doing. They're great at fixing up people who have injuries like Brock here. But uh, here's a quick word from Hoffman's Lakers. Hoffman's Little Acres is a family-owned and operated farm in Fairbury, Illinois that raises their animals the way God intended. They sell meat and dairy products as well as eggs, honey, and locally renowned goat milk soap alongside other popular bath products. And it's all sourced from their very own wholesome farmstead. Reconnect with where your food comes from when you come and visit this fun family farm where the animals have names, not numbers. Animal visits in the spring and summer by appointment only. That's Hoffman's Little Acres in Fairbury, Illinois, a wholesome family farm. Hey, so we were just uh, watching that Hoffman's Little Acres commercial, and you were—you seemed pretty interested in it. Like the yeah, what, my, that? my granddaughters—they uh, love animals, and uh, well, their 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 great grandfather was a, was a, my wife's dad when he was when he was alive was a vet and a professor a professor of veterinary medicine at Purdue. So yeah, we like we like going. That, that looks like a cool place. Like to hang out there, yeah. Maybe the, take the girls over while I go watch the races on some 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 night. That's what I'm talking about. Seems yeah. like a, a wonderful evening. Yeah. But, so we just left off before the commercial break. I wanted to ask more about your professional football career, although it was short lived. Yeah. Short. So did you play any any full you know season scrimmages? Games? We had scrimmages, and um, I didn't play in the season. Um, scrimmaged uh, played against. Uh, the Rams and Oakland Raiders, and at that time, um, uh, the Cowboys trained in Thousand Oaks, California. That now they have a beautiful facility, Jerry's World, you know, and right where we played in Frisco for the national championship. It's right next door, basically. That's where they have their facility now. But they back then they'd go out to the uh, uh, basically Thousand Oaks. It's, it's kind of a desert area. It, you know, it's 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 very dry and area. It's hot, but it, it, you could feel the, the breeze come up the off the ocean, come up the mountain ranges through the through the valleys, and it was, it was like air conditioning. It was really really kind of a cool place. No bugs. It's really well, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's kind of neat, you know. And and uh, it's a little different for us from the Midwest, you know. But it was it was it was hot, you know, in the afternoon. It gets triple digits, you know. We go out there and listen to the heat. But by the time I'm in a practice in the afternoon, it was it was fairly comfortable. What I remember, so yeah, it was it was a neat experience. I'm glad I did it, and it was a way able to. You know, you want to play as you know at the highest level you can play at, and and, and have an opportunity. When you, cause I knew I was going to coach, and I kind of want to know what you know how the, how that all worked. And, uh, and I was I was really into the X and O stuff and how practices run. And I was always thinking about you know my coaching career starting, and kind of it was nice to go through that. You know, it's it's a lot different now. You know, um, they don't we 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 were out there for two weeks. The rookies were out for two weeks, I think, and. Uh, and they beat the snot bubble out of our nose for, for two <laughs> weeks. It was brutal. I mean, it really was. I mean, we hit every day. And they don't do that in NFL anymore, you know. So hmm. uh, and the guys who survived that and survived their several cuts during that time, and they came to training camp when the vets showed up, and we went to, went, went to work. So it was it was fun, you know. I hung in there, and uh, I had my moments, and, um, you know, I remember some, 
you know, good plays in practice and, 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 uh, and, and it was, it was a great experience really for me and as a coach. So, so I kind of know what that's like and, and the kind of players that play at that level. I mean, they're really, really talented athletically, you know, it's just a whole different world. So the way that this this works then is like you guys who aren't the veteran players, you kind of get put through the ringer in the preseason just to separate the wheat from the chaff and see who makes it throughout yeah. the whole time. People then, are coming up to you and cutting you one by one type of thing. And yeah. Then, then in the you know as a sign, unsigned, I was a, I was an undrafted free agent, so you went in there as a free agent, and uh, and the Cowboys had a tendency to take a lot of those kind of guys and they, they whittle it down for a training camp, and it was that's pretty. But the but the draft picks were there with us, first round or second round. They were, they were doing everything we did, and and, and uh, so they were, you know, there 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 were a couple busts in there, you know, and particularly their first round pick was not very good. I, I didn't mm. think, and um, he was he had a great reputation. Uh, but but was not, and he didn't make it. You know, wow. I don't. He didn't make it very long. If he made it a year or two, I, I can't remember him even playing much. You know, and he he was a bust. And un, uh, was a great player at LSU, or maybe te- excuse me, Texas and um, uh, his dad played at LSU. But I uh, was a very good player. Um, they were really high on him, but he was not a great pro. And uh, and then and there were a couple of guys, you know, that I was with that were another was another drafted guy that was I thought was overrated yeah and one, one great player pushed him a little bit mm-hmm. and he could long snap and that guy was kind of the difference you know he had a skill he could do on special teams and and that's why that's how he made it he, he long snapped for I think 14 years but he but he wasn't a, didn't play a lot of linebacker you know he was a backup mm-hmm. linebacker but he wasn't a great linebacker. Well, that, that first guy you were talking about, the first round pick. First of all, what what round pick were you? I wasn't and, picked. I was undrafted free agent. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah. Okay, got it. Well, that that first round draft pick that you talked about that didn't make it. What do you think was was his tragic flaw? I guess. Why don't you think he made it despite his serious talent and performance at the yeah, college? Great, yeah, really good length. He was pretty quick. I just don't think he was looking back on it. What I remember. I just don't see him as being the athletic enough to to make it. You know, I um, it's hard to believe that, right? You know, when you think about the money that goes into evaluating pro players, you know, it, we dump a lot of money in recruiting, but in in F, in in, uh, in, a, in a power five is ridiculous. You know, I was at that level for a long time. It's a lot of money, and and and. You know, we make mistakes because we, we're not. You know, but those guys can go to combines. They can work them out. They they, they have they have doctors that look at them. I mean, it's just they go through them with a fine tooth comb. It's hard to believe you make you miss. But when the pads go on, you know, some guys just are better than others, and and, and they're not. Yeah, they run fast. They, they bench a lot. They get strong, and but they don't play that fast, and they don't play that strong, and, and it's just it's just it's just weird. He. He was a really good athlete when you watched him, but when he played football, he, you know what I remember. It's been a long time, but he, he, I think he lacked the the the, the, the athletic ability to be a great one, you know. Hmm. And he was very long and angular, which was unusual back then. But he was, you know, six four maybe. And um, but there are some guys who were seventh, sixth round picks, you know, free agents that were better than him. You know, you could tell, and then like, oh, this guy's gonna go. And it was, it's, you know, I, I, you spend a lot of money on a, on a guy like that. And, but it just shows you the, you know, and 
if they do in the NFL, you, you know, how we ask a college coach to be right all the time. You know, we don't have that that kind of that kind of resources to make those kind of evaluations. So it's 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 very it's very interesting. So that's that's the cool thing about playing there and, and, and having friends in, in the NFL and you go up and see what it takes to be a pro. You know, these kids have no idea. And you try to tell them, and they just don't listen sometimes. They die because you don't know. Because you don't know. Okay. I've had 42 <laughs> draft picks, guys who I've coached that were really good players. So I've seen guys that play at this age that what they look like, and you're not it. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they don't want to live with that sometimes. They don't think that. Have you – so first of all, what was it like when, when you got cut? How did that feel? And then do you, how do you cut guys now? Um, I don't cut guys very often, you know, you know, sometimes you, we don't, we don't do that, but we, you know, some guys who can't protect themselves or, or they're, you know, it might be a walk and wasting their time. I don't, I don't want a kid to get hurt if he's, if he's wasting his time. And, and, uh, sometimes I cut a guy cause he doesn't do what he's supposed to do academically or, or, or has an issue, you know, socially and he has to, you know, can't get right. So he's got to go. But um, I don't like that part of my job. really hate that of part. Of, I, hate, I hate being a bad guy, you know. But it seems like I'm a bad guy all the time. You know, <laughs> I hate being the bad guy. But it's got to stop somewhere. And uh, because I'm protecting all the good guys. And, you know, I got to protect all the guys doing the right thing. That's right. And um, that's kind of what I do. But I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I really just like that. And the older I get, the more angry I get when that happens. I get mad at the player, you know. Mm. You know, don't because sometimes the players will twist it like it's my fault. You're sitting in this room across from me and you're getting you're getting let go because something I did. No, this is something you did or didn't do. You know, so that's kind of our world right now, right? There's there's they're victims and all this kind of crap. Hey, it was wasn't my fault. You know, come on now. Is that true? Is it like have you noticed a shift? You've been coaching for a while. You've been working with the youth for a while. These college kids. You have a front row seat to the changes, the cultural changes in this demographic. Is there more of a victim mentality? More maybe more of a I deserve this or a, a complaining mentality? Would Correct. you say? Or, there you is. think so? Yeah. It's not and, just a rumor. No. Okay. No, there is and. Our our guys right now. I mean, I've, I have some really good kids over there right now. I mean, they're they're really good kids. I really enjoy them. We'll see if we're talented enough. I think we, we'll be talented enough to make in the postseason this year. I think we have a very gifted quarterback. I think it's going to help us a lot. But Minnesota uh, guy, right? Right. But you you know, older I get, the more I you know I want to surround myself with you know good people. One, but guys who love the sport and, and do do things every do things right off the field as well as on it. And and our guys don't do that. They're not they're not perfect. You know, we have. Every every semester there'll be I call it the dirty dozen. There's a dozen guys on the list that that that, are, that don't do this, don't do that. Not horrible, but just just being kids, you know. And that's easy to deal with, but I don't like I don't like when it's spun on. You know, it's your problem. You know, oh, this is somebody else's fault. No, mm. you know, and no, it's not. It's your fault. You right. know, and, and they don't like to to hear that sometimes, and um, don't like to get to that point, but. But um, give guys a lot of opportunity sometimes to, to to get to that point. If you get to that, you know, I worked for a great coach at Purdue named Joe Tiller, and he, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach over at Purdue, a really good coach. And he said, you know, it's hard to get in my doghouse, but when you get in it, it's hard to get out. And, and that, that's that's kind of where I'm at in my career now. I mean, I, I I have a lot of his traits good traits and I have some of his bad ones and that's why you know you get in my doghouse it's hard to get out because 
I, I don't think you should ever put your, if you truly love something, if you love doing something, like, like let's say football, you know, you would, why would you ever put that at je in jeopardy by mm -hmm. something you did or didn't do, you're supposed to do? To, why'd you put that in, you know, I just don't understand that mentality. And, and we, we, we dedicate our lives to this. You know, those kids from 18 to 22, 23 years old, they dedicate their life to this. And, and the coaching staff, I mean, we, we, this is what we do. We dedicate our lives to this. And, and if you're not in, you know, it's hard for, it's hard for guys to really, your teammates to, to stomach that. Mm -hmm. so. And I've, one of my biggest pet peeves, I've never coached football, but I've coached wrestling plenty, is, is when these kids refuse to take accountability for their own mistakes and their own shortcomings. I, I despise that. It's, it's making excuses, really, is what it is. Right. I want to ask, what's... Being a victim. Yeah, what's one of your biggest pet peeves? Um, besides that, or maybe if that's just clean number one... That's it. That's what it is? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's number one. I just... I'm not a big fan. And then I'm not... A, I, I'm not... And why, why, if you're a great player, I say, and, and we have... I've had... I've been around some great players... Uh, a kid like Drew Brees, for example. Oh, and you would have been around him when you were yeah, coaching him. I was a coordinator on defense. He was our quarterback. Okay, you know, and and so we had to see him this time of year. We'd be going against him on every Saturday afternoon for a scrimmage. You know, he's a great player. I did it for four years, and and he and he's such a good guy. And and um, I don't know why that's so hard. You know, and why you have to make such a spectacle of yourself because you're a great player. I mean, it doesn't, you know, is it cool? Yeah, it's cool to be a great athlete, but in the end, you're, you're not, you're not coming up with a cure for cancer. I mean, you're basically an entertainer, right? I mean, it's what you are. You entertain people. And I love guys who are humble and who are really good, you know, and it's fun to be around a guy who's really, really good and is really humble. Mm -hmm. uh, so that part of it really irks me and and I, lo I, lo I lose I you know I don't have a lot of patience for for kids who have big egos and I think uh you know I remember telling a guy one time hey you're not one of these guys. I have a wall of fame on my wall all these kids that I was able to be a part of their coaching and in their lives and they go they've gone on to the great things in the NFL so I you're not one of them Oh, mm. How do they take that? One went, one went. Huh, no, they're not. They're not me. Yeah, they're a lot better, and they, they don't. They don't think so. I mean, I, just, I got several. First, I got millions of dollars on the wall. I said, you gotta be kidding me, dude. You know. So it's, 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 it's really, really crazy. So interesting. Yeah, it seems like, and that's kind of a world that's foreign to me. Um, the world of actually imp not impressively but just extremely inflated egos uh, in wrestling you don't really have that quite which is the world i'm more immersed in because you don't have guys making millions and millions of dollars like in the nfl right. and and you don't have the social clout for to use a young people term um that you get with football and playing division one football and being a star uh football player because right. you know everyone will pay attention to those right. those guys you know the star quarterback and whatnot not always the case with the national champion wrestler right but I want to ask in just a second about, you know, what it looks like. You talked about kids doing the right thing. You talked about Drew Brees being a, a great kid and what it looks like when a kid is doing, you know, the right things. But first, I do have to say a quick thank you to some incredible sponsors, Dave's Supermarket in Fairbury and Fairbury Furniture. Since 1950... 
Dave's Supermarket in Fairbury has been wowing customers throughout Central Illinois with their unmatched customer service, delectable deli market, beloved grocery carryout service, and many other fortes, which is why they've earned hundreds of five-star reviews online. Dave's Third Street Deli has plenty of seating and is a destination place to meet your family and friends for good food, fun, and fellowship. Not only is their homestyle fried chicken here the best around, but you can also enjoy free coffee and 50 cent ice cream every single day. And be sure to check out their Old World Bakery while you're here, where freshly baked goods are prepared every morning. You'll find hundreds of unique and signature items here at Dave's that you won't find anywhere else, like their famous potato salad, ham loaf, and canned meats, just to name a few. Dave's Supermarket is open Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. and offers online shopping and curbside services. Come experience this revered location that puts a super in supermarket when you shop at Dave's in Fairbury, Illinois, wowing the customer for over 70 years. All right, that was Dave's Supermarket. You ever been to Dave's? I have not. Have you heard of it? Oh, I... Dave's Supermarket's the pride of Fairbury. That place is amazing. <laughs> I got to stop at Dave's, and I got to go to Hoffman's, right? That's right. And I got to yeah. go to the Speedway. That's right. Yeah, everyone knows the Speedway, ra- I'm too. I'm a big racing nut, so um, hopefully the midgets or sprint cars will be over there sometime this summer, and maybe I'll get over there for that. Mm-hmm. Visit now, all the three spots. Right. And now I want to tell everyone a quick uh, little bit about Fairbury Furniture in Fairbury, Illinois, Central Illinois' premier furniture store. Fairbury Furniture is Central Illinois' premier furniture store. This family-owned business offers a vast selection of premium furniture items from all of your favorite brands, including Sealy, Best Home Furnishings, Leather Italia, Tempur-Pedic, and Ashley, just to name a few. And right next door to their gorgeous 7,000-square-foot furniture showroom, you will find the Fairbury Furniture Mattress Store, home to all of the latest and greatest mattresses in any and all sizes. Also inside Fairbury Furniture is the popular WC Market, a beloved shop that offers an ever-changing selection of unique gifts and fashionable home decor. Here at Fairbury Furniture, the staff is always helpful and friendly, and they are well-stocked with all the mattresses, tables, chairs, recliners, couches, and decorative pillows that your heart desires. So make your home interior your beautiful, comfortable, stylish, and delightful when you shop at Fairbury's own Fairbury Furniture. Come on down to Fairbury Furniture where the furniture rocks. All right, that was Fairbury Furniture, Central Illinois' premier furniture store. Yeah, we were just talking about there's a lot of great places here in Central Illinois. It's a shame that when people think of Illinois, they think Chicago only. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we felt like in Rockford. For a long time, we're the second largest city in the state, and not anymore, but... Um, kind of like we're for forgotten, you know, outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many cool places in the state and so many things, very good people. And, um, I think the state gets a bad rap sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. it's amazing as far as sheer volume. Like, I mean, if you look at a map, the majority of Illinois is, is red and deep red. And it's just like a tiny little blip up in the top is, is blue. And it's practically a different world, you know, yeah. it's like extremely democratic, extremely left. And then the rest of this whole massive state of Illinois is, is very much right and Republican and whatnot. So <laughs> it's very interesting. There's different yeah. worlds within the same state. It, I will tell you, Wisconsin's very similar to that. You know, having a, a lake home, a lake place we go up through there. My parents live up there now, and um, it Madison's that way. But 
all the surrounding areas is, is, is rural and farm. It's just a very different dynamic. It's really interesting. Now that just fascinating if you if you study social groups and all kind of things like that. It's just it's just how that all works. But we have a we live in the greatest country in the world, in my opinion. But uh, you're darn right. We have you know we have uh, we have our differences, but we. We don't we shouldn't hate each other over 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 uh, opinions, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah, I don't understand the, the hatred over. Uh, if, I'm, if I disagree with you, you hate me. I mean, really, over over something like that. I mean, it's kind of stupid. I had know? this brilliant political mind on the show not too long ago, and we we likened the uh, the right and the left. You know, the Democrats, Republicans, the conservatives, the liberals, a lot to. Uh, parents you know a mom and a dad in the mom you know the stereotypical mom's kind of the bleeding heart that wants to help that wants limited suffering and the stereotypical dad is hard nose you get what you earn a little tougher and the only thing you deserve is what you earn type of thing and what makes a great relationship a great parent group is one their ability to communicate because if you that's a cornerstone of every relationship so you have to communicate the right and the left have to communicate in order to bring up um either a, an entire society an entire nation in the right way with balanced philosophies and whatnot and just the same parents have to bring up their kids with the right balance of things and it's but first and foremost you need communication you can't hate each other i would say correct and you know we're all educators and you know in college obviously and even even as coaches we're educators you know we want our guys to you know think freely and to be able to make their own decisions and but it's it's very interesting you know and uh i remember you know you hear about the ronald reagan era you know in the yeah. white house and yep. his best friend was tip o'neill mm-hmm. who was what on the he other was speaker of the house and he was democratic right you know? okay and and that, that's this is a story, anyways. That they, they when they had issues and they were trying to push things through Congress or whatever, he would he'd call our Senate. He'd call Tip O'Neill and say, "Listen, Tip, come on over the wall. We got to talk this out." And amazing. That, that's how. It, and then and they're they're best friends. And could you imagine that today? I know. I, that's I mean, what I'm trying to, to do with this that. podcast. Have uh, people on from different uh, with on, opposing uh, views. Yeah. I mean, you know? just listen, just be. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that's a good story. I didn't know that about Reagan. Actually, it's, kinda, it's what I've heard. I mean, I'm not sure it's true, but that's that's the rumor out there, and uh, I've heard about that. But you know, we yeah. can still be friends, right? That's absolutely right. <laughs> and, and we're kind of talking I about. I don't get why we can't be friends. We're all Americans. That's you're right. Absolutely right. And that kind of leads me to you know we're talking about doing the right thing, even when the right thing is difficult. But when you're talking about you usually, and your kids, usually the right thing is mm-hmm. very difficult. You think so? Sometimes it is. Well, what's it know? look like when you want your kids, your your players doing the right thing off the field, on the field even? Well, what's the it's, right thing? It's, it's, you know, you, you have to, there's a standard, you know, and do you put up with this? And do you, you're talking about a kid's life sometimes, you know, if you, if you tell them to take a hike, you know, and then now what happens to him? You know, that, that, that always worries me, you know, when you do something like that, you know, but... Then you look at all the guys doing the right thing now, and I think of, um, you know, myself when I was a player, I would never put myself in a position ever to put myself in a position to lose my starting job because I did something off the field, or I get kicked out of school or lose my scholarship. I would never ever do that, and you kind of wonder, well, you put yourself in a spot. This is the only way you're going to learn, you know, and and. I, so it's sometimes you hope when they're 35, it's the best thing ever happened to me. 
you know, hmm. and, and they say, hey, that's the best thing ever. I've had a couple of kids tell me that. Not everybody. I'm sure some guys out there aren't really happy with me, but that's okay. You know, but um, if the guys come back and say, hey, listen, that was the best thing ever happened to me because I woke up and and I lost something I really loved and I thought I loved, and by, I thought I was doing the right thing, but I wasn't, and, and then it woke me up, so... Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. Sometimes when a building is crumbling, its foundation's bad, it's best to knock down the whole thing. Let it hit rock bottom so you can build a new foundation the right up. way. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so that happens, and you know, it happens sometimes in in any organization. But you know, it's happened in ours. You know, where, where you build it and you're very successful, you know, going for a national championship, and then it goes a little south. I mean, that you know wasn't quite as good. You know, and, and people start getting a little arrogant so to speak and uh and there need to be change and guys need an attitude adjustment and sometimes that happens i hate to do that but i mean i've done that you know now the third time you know here you know after the 19 season we we had the best team i've ever had here in 2020 never played and uh covid was really bad for us and uh and all the stuff that happened with that and then we you know we're we're, we're rebuilding our program right now and uh, i think we'll be much better this fall than we were last year, but you're right. That sometimes you have to rebuild the foundation. The foundation cracks, and you have to you have to rebuild it. Right. You got to start from the bottom up. I so want to ask though, because like, give some examples. Give some some real examples of what it looks like when a kid's doing the right thing, like the right things off the field. What do you? What would you be extremely happy to hear that some of your students or your some of your players have been doing off the field? Well, I want to be kind. You know, I. I it, these kids are bigger, uglier, t- tougher than everybody that walks around the campus. Everybody knows you're a football player by the way you look, mm-hmm. usually. And you just compound that, you know, and, and then there's stereotype types that, well, he's just a dumb football player, a dumb jock. And then if you don't do the right thing, you're not getting, not getting your work done, or you're not doing your part of in a project, or you're part of a group or whatever. You know, you just, you just, you just. Okay, that label sticks. You know, and and we're guilty by association. All of us are, and that's not the case. We have great students in our in our in our football program, and so one guy can or two guys can make it look really bad for other hundred because mm-hmm. of, for that professor or that person, whoever it is, a guy or a gal on camp, who was a student, and and maybe they want to, and they and you treat them wrong in a social setting, and and they. And they and they buy a ticket. Now they're not going to buy a ticket. They're not going to support you. You know. So it's it's you know those those things you got to learn. That's part of life. You know. You have to be a good person. You know. Just because you play football doesn't make you better than everybody else. It makes you different. You know. You're different. You know. Your your life's different. But you're not better because you know you know you're this big bad football player. You know. That's where I think our I think we have some good guys. I've had a lot of great kids that. that have, in my in my career and that's when i'm done coaching i'll remember those guys and that's what you do this for but uh, every so often there's a guy i think he's pretty special and and that's that's the guy i don't i'm not a big fan of even if he's a great player i'm not really high on big egos i think eventually it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come back to haunt you you know it's gonna bite you that's the truth too it will you know and um that's anything in life you know and i've had people call me that you know because i Maybe because I don't, I'm not, uh, whatever. I didn't say hi to him at what, church or whatever. You know, I'm not, oh, he's arrogant. No, I'm not arrogant. I didn't know who you were. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, but, but, you know, and that's part of life. You know, and when you when you're, 
when you're in the, when you're in those situations that you know people can take pot shots at you. It's okay, but I, I'd rather than take pot shots at me than our players because I think our players work so hard and, and the majority do everything right. I mean, they do they they work their butt off and they 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 work hard and you want them you want to help them and they're going to make a mistake now and then. I mean, that's part of college. You went to college, right? you know, you understand. Part of college is failing. You know, and, and sometimes in our in our culture right now in our country, we don't allow our kids to fail. You know, the helicopter parents, the kids, they got to make sure that Johnny's going to have a have a have a ribbon or a, or a trophy at the end of this. Well, it's, you, it's good to fail sometimes. You know, it really is. It's, you, you learn from failure, and and you'll fail in college, you'll fail in school, you'll fail. You know, you, you'll have failure. You have to. It's, it's not what happens to you that's important. It's how you respond, whether mm -hmm. it's good. Or bad, whether you have something good happen to you or bad happen to you, the way you respond will dictate how it goes forward. Yeah, look, I, I've said this so many times on the show. It's I love this analogy, and I don't know where it came from. I might have just drawn it up in my own head, but it's like we're all this crude iron. Each one of us is like crude iron from the ground. And how do you make steel? Well, you take that crude iron, you put it into these flames, these terribly difficult circumstances, and then you bang the heck out of it to remove all these impurities. And as long as that iron doesn't break, it comes out the other side, refined steel that's way stronger, way more pure, and can be used for a ton of more important projects of all sorts. And it can be a force for good, you know? It's all about not breaking when the going gets rough and learning, you know, that's learning from your from the difficult circumstances you find yourself in and and, you know, failing and learning and picking yourself back up. It's like each difficult circumstance is an opportunity to enhance yourself as a person. Right. It's just all about responding in the right way. I don't think I, I try to tell our guys, you know, I hope that some of the things that happen to you as an athlete here, if it's a bad thing, it's that's as bad as it gets. But I'm more than likely there's going to be some really tough times down the road. Yeah, you know, we all have them. Okay, it could be a death in the family, it could be, it could be a you you lost your job, or the company shuts down, or whatever, or your wife leaves you, or you know. So so there's there's all there's all kinds of issues. The real you know, battles. The real battles, and how you respond to that. Are you gonna quit? Are you gonna fold your tent? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Or are you gonna compete? You know, I, I remember a, a kid came back at, at Purdue. It was a, one of my linebackers that was was a little. I call him spirited. Let's just call him that. And <laughs> and he was he was just kind of a pain in the butt, you know. And he came back. He's in his thirties, mid thirties. He said, "Coach, I want to thank you and Coach Tiller." You know, because our head coach, because he he's about you know he obviously makes all the final decisions, but for not kicking me off the team when I was here, I was a complete idiot, and you guys could have done that. And I went on, and I became an alcoholic, a drug addict. I lost my family, I lost my job, I lost my house, and I had to pick it all back up. And and you hope that doesn't happen. You hope you prevent that, but. He said, you know, my experiences as a player, you know, bouncing back, you know, I'm, I'm not remarried, but I have a, a great gal I, you know, I love. I'm, I'm really good to my kids. I, I've, I've got a new job. I'm, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm in an AA. I've been in rehab. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and, and it's, 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 you don't want to hope you don't have many of those, but there's a chance you will. You know, you coach as many kids as you do. And, and you hear him say that. It was was hard, but he said the good news is I'm doing really well right now. 
So he, he bounced back. He didn't break either. He didn't break. He didn't break. He didn't break. You know, he, he made huge mistakes. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to get out of that lifestyle you're in, but it's going to take you down the wrong path. And eventually it's going to catch up to you, as, as you know. Hmm. You know, it's gonna, you better do the right thing. And we all know what the right thing is. That's what I tell our guys. I mean, come on, you guys are grown men. You, you, you say you're grown men. You should know the difference between right and wrong. Right. If you if I have to tell you that, then we have an issue. I mean, so you know the difference between right and wrong. So right. And then what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. And if you're not ready for that dark thing to be brought to the light, well, then stop doing it. You know, it Correct. will come back to haunt you yeah, eventually. And, yeah. I mean, we've all been we've all done stupid stuff. Darn right. I mean, oh yeah. I'm not sitting there saying I'm an angel. I did, did really <laughs> stupid stuff. Thank God it's not. They didn't have social media then, you know. That's a problem. Real that's, problem. It, it's that's a dangerous world for any student athlete or any kid that has anything on the line because their lives are going to be on social media. I don't like it, and uh, you know, I, I I I really dislike it because the egomaniacs out there to get all these scholarship offers and say, "Look, I've been offered this, guys." And they, they 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 pump themselves up and do all that stuff, and then and then there's. Everybody's a reporter. So the kids, you know, if they're out and they're doing something that they're not supposed to do or they're not right. thinking straight because they have too much to drink or whatever they've done, you know, now they make bad decisions. And then everybody's a reporter. They just mm-hmm. click that phone on and says, photo, everybody's a reporter. And all of a sudden that gets out there and it's hard for these guys to recover from some of the things, stupid stuff they do, you know. And, and that's that's the difference between when I was in school and when these kids are in school. So I'd, I'd, I'm I'm very happy when I went to school when I went, when I did. So well, I want to ask you in just a sec about you know the transfer portal. We haven't even talked about the transfer portal, and then I want to ask about you know your love for football. Some a fundamental question here. And I want to ask that all in just one second. Sure. But first, I got to give a quick thank you to Aftershock Decals and Design, who is looking for a new salesperson. So listen up. Hey you, are you a sharp, independent, charismatic person living in central Illinois? Are you looking for an exciting job with flexible hours where you will hone your sales, communication, and marketing skills and only occasionally be asked to come to a physical location in Fairbury? Well, Aftershock Decals and Design is a premier graphic design studio that's looking for a part-time salesperson to join their growing team. So whether you're a student looking to get some valuable experience while pursuing your degree, or a stay-at-home mom who's craving some part-time work and extra income or someone who's just sick and tired of working an eight to five desk job this position could be exactly what you're looking for i've ordered from these guys a number of times and they are so wonderful and there's a reason they're adding to their sales crew and it's because they are making tons of great graphics and prints and products and they're growing every year so become a better salesperson and make some serious moolah when you email your resume to k-i-r-k that's kirk k-i-r-k at aftershockdd.com or apply online at aftershockdd.com forward slash jobs to begin what might be your dream career that's aftershock decals design they are wonderful and we're we're back from we're back from commercial i just wanted you know we were just talking briefly about you know it seems like the general message you're giving to your guys is just don't be a jerk you know or and what, what were you kind of saying there um repeat yourself if you would i said like you know, you basically don't want you guys to be a jerk, and then, then what'd you say? I can't, can I try to remember what I said. Um, <laughs> I know it was, it was yeah. like a side talk yeah, during we, the commercial. Well, I, you know, you just can't. Uh, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to. You have other people you're representing with. You know, it says Illinois State football on it. You know, mm-hmm. and 
when you go on when you when you do something stupid and and you and you make a, a, a jerk out of yourself you know it labels everybody with you associated with you the same way you know i, I think i think that's what i was talking about i can't remember remember but mm-hmm. um I, I just i'm just not a big fan of that it, you know i just uh it, it it bothers me you know when kids don't just, just you know when you're, you know how cool it is and like i said before how cool it is to be a really good player a really good guy i mean how cool that is because you get tired of the people with big egos like that I mean, it just it just wears people out, you know? right? Uh, I just don't because you're like I said before. I don't I don't think you're you're not better than everybody else. You're just different. So I just understand that. And I'm curious to ask about this, you know, because yeah, you're not better than anyone. Each and every one of us is infinitely valuable, and that's kind of a core pillar uh, philosophy in Catholicism. And I talked about I saw you. We scheduled this conversation at church at Epiphany Catholic Church here in Normal. Is is your Catholic faith, how long have you been Catholic, and is that an important part of your coaching or that's just how you live life? That's a very interesting, uh, my dad just passed away, so it's kind of a very interesting I'm story. That's that. okay. Um, he was raised Catholic, and my mom was Presbyterian, so they, they, they went back and forth, you know, and and she said, I'll, I'll convert, and I was, he, so he did, you know, so so I was raised in a, basically in a, in a Presbyterian home, and... and uh, when I went to college, um, the the St. Thomas, the Catholic Church, was real close to my dorm, so I just walked across the street, and that's how I got into it. But then I met a get my wife is, is Catholic, so I we uh, so I, I made the the, the transmit, transition over to being Catholicism, and it was yeah. I mean, I've been I like the structure, you know, but we were all sit at the same table. I mean, it's very similar. It's just. You know, it's how you. There, there are things that are different. Obviously, how you, how you, how you choose to worship and all that. But I think it's. Uh, you know, we all sit at the same table. Why can't we just get along? You know, mm-hmm. but but uh, that's that's where I. And I, and I like to, I like the structure of the Catholic Church, and it, and it really. I try to get the daily mass as often as I can. You know, some some days I can get it in, some days I can't. But um, try to be as consistent as I can be. But because um, there's a, it kind of brings you back to center and kind of brings you back to what's important. And I just, mm-hmm. I just like the structure. You know, I'm a structured guy, and um, the, the structure of the church is interesting. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, daily mass. That's no laughing matter. That's a that's a serious thing. I don't go to daily mass. I'm a devout Catholic myself, but I don't. I don't. The last time I went to daily mass, probably at least a few months ago. I should go more. You, you know, sometimes it, my my players find that out, and they go, "You go to, you go to the church every day? I try to?" Yeah, he goes. You need to, <laughs> so so I get it. But uh, yeah, I need to. So that's um, probably why I go every day. You go to? Did you go through like RCIA classes? And I everything? did. Yeah, I did. I did impressive. At mm-hmm. Did all that at Purdue? Mm-hmm. Sure did. Oh, at Purdue. So you were just a young young man when you made that transition. I forgot. Yeah, I was uh, still in college. You wow, know, man. my wife and I were we were engaged. Uh, I think we were juniors in college at twenty one. So got married at twenty two and. Been married ever since. So, well, yeah. good for you, and we're glad to have you in the church, the world's biggest uh, sect of Christianity. So, yeah, it's great. And I, I want to ask now about a bit of a topic change: the transfer portal. It's a relatively new thing. So is the name, image, and likeness ordeal in college athletics. What do you think about all that? A bit of a loaded question there. But <laughs> yeah, what I don't think thoughts? much of it. To be honest with you. Um, I've I've seen the transfer portal being described as a as a way for a kid teach a kid how to quit 
And uh, but the transfer portal giveth, and the transfer portal taketh away. You know, so um, we we have to. There are some situations where the kids should have a right to leave. You know, uh, especially if there's a coaching change, I think a kid should have the right to leave. Uh, but um, he, sometimes, you know, third parties get involved. You know, either it's dad, mom, whatever, AU, basketball, whoever. Uh, I call them street agents, you know, get involved. And, mm-hmm. and they put sweet nothings in these guys' ears as they, and they don't know what they're talking about. And they leave. Um, I saw a statistic where, here the other day where there's 29% of all the power five guys in the portal right now, football have scholarship offers. What percent say that? 29%. Okay. So they, they just walked away from scholarships and to go get a better one supposedly or a better place or a better situation. And a lot of them don't find homes. Is there a penalty for up and leaving out of nowhere? And yeah, you lose scholarship. So that much, and, and then you at the risk, end of the semester, and, yeah. but you do that in hopes that you'll either get another scholarship, right? And but it's just like sometimes you don't. How often do you leave a scholarship and not get a replacement one, or at least a lesser one? Would you say? Do you know those numbers? Or I don't. I just told you twenty nine percent of of in football, those guys don't find that would be that find and have another offer. Uh-huh. Only twenty nine percent. So I would say a lot of our guys, um, I don't know, a better situation, uh, maybe one or two, a, mm. one a year, maybe. And of the, of the 12 guys that go out, usually we've had 10 and 12, I think, um, one guy in each class probably. Hmm. But it's, not very, it's not very likely. But they don't have to like sit out a year or anything for? Not anymore. You they get used one to. T- one-time transfer. You get a one-time transfer now. You can transfer once. Would not pay a penalty. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. And they don't have to talk to me. Don't you don't to, have to talk to you. You just not, you can you can find out through the grapevine right. that hey, this person's in the portal. Correct. And the the, the uh, compliance officer calls. Hey, such and such just went in the portal. So you know, coach. Oh, thank you. And had a kid this year went in the portal. Never never saw me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really bad business. And you know, my what opinion, kind of lesson does that teach? You know, I don't know. Not a very good one. You know, look, look, guy in the eye and tell him why you're not coming back, and you just walk out. You know? Well, well, that's I, what we're that's what we're that's what we're breeding right now. I want to play devil's advocate. Can you can you steel man? You know, there's straw manning conversations. Like you know, you can, but can you steel man? Can you build up the arguing side of this? Like, what do they think? What's uh, people that are pro Here, transfer portal? Here's what they say. Well, coaches can leave anytime they want, so we should be able to too. Hmm. What do you say to that? I say, well, we have contracts. And if we leave before that contract's up, there's a penalty. And that someone's got to pay for that. And if, if, it's, if it's the coach or the coach is responsible if he leaves, but usually it's the other school that pays for that. And so it's usually a nice little piece of cash. You know, so there's a penalty to be paid. Um, what penalty are you paying? Now there's no penalty. At least in the first transfer, there's nothing. Nothing, right? So uh, that would be my 
that's that's their that's their complaint. Yeah, coaches leave all the time. I said, and I and I get it. If 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 your head coach leaves or your, or your position coach, you know, you probably should give that kid an opportunity to leave. That you know, I get it. I don't know what the answer is, but mm-hmm. we don't go backwards. You know, we make decisions like this. You know, and um, it, but they're making a lot. There's a lot of kids out there making really bad decisions, really bad, mm-hmm. and, and you know they're making bad decisions. You try to tell them they're making bad decisions, but they don't. Hmm, they're not me. So, you know, right? That okay? Yeah, yeah you're not. They're you know, very young people. I mean, these are kids fresh out of high school. Particular player never played again. Mm, really? Yeah, he got a bigger scholarship, but never played. Wow! But he's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. My goodness! Yeah, never played again. Sheesh! Well, there's kids. That, there's a lot of kids that don't get scholarships. They don't play again. They're done, and they're giving up one. How about that? Hmm. But lesson. Oh, I guess what is a lesson learned? Really, it's just like you're given an awful lot of. I don't want to say freedom in the wrong way, but it's like you're given a lot of. You're you're letting these young kids make very important choices on their own without any counseling. They're not. They they're not adults. They're not grown men yet, and women, and they think they are, but they're not. Right. And they need they need a little guidance. I can know? respect that. I do too. And but they're they're not. They're not growing up yet. They think they are. I'm a grown man. Well, what are you in my office for then? For this issue, if you're a grown man. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be talking about this. Right. You know, if you're a grown man and you're not. So don't, don't, you're still a kid. So figure it out. When it comes to your coaching style, you know, you, you're you working with these guys. A lot of times they have egos, or at least they're very confident at the least. How do you get them to buy into what you're saying and, and do what you want them to do? I guess to put it very simply, how do you how do you get in these guys' heads? How do you earn it's their respect? And, <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's you know they don't uh, sometimes they don't really care what you've done in the past or who you've coached or what you've done. You know, so um, how can you, what's about me? Well, how can you help me? You know, so. Uh, yeah, you have to kind of explain yourself and you got to tell them why, you know, that's, that's, this is why we're doing this, whether it's a technique, whether it's a scheme, whether it's kind of protocol, why we're doing these things. This is why we do this this way, because if you don't, this is what's going to happen, you know, and sometimes, most of the time they, most of the time kids file. Yeah, they're really, they're, I'm not, I shouldn't paint a bad picture because most of our guys are great and they got great parents and no issues but every so often is you know it happens you know it's one or two in every year that just make really bad decisions and they when you say make really bad decisions do you mean off the field or, or what everywhere <laughs> both on the field and off same you don't change your, your discipline doesn't change if you're if you're undisciplined in the classroom you can be undisciplined in the football field mm-hmm. if you're or vice versa you know, so that's why when you when I can't trust you when you walk out of our building to go out and live and out so so we don't have to hold your hand, you know we can trust you in the community and you know we we want to trust everybody. I'm very trusting. I think me personally, I, I want to trust everybody. But when that when you build when you lose that trust, now it's a problem. That's why they get in that doghouse. It's hard to get out because now you don't trust that guy. You know, I can't believe he did that. You know, but. You know, we people deserve second chances. Some things, but not everything. 
I heard Olympic gold medalist wrestler Jordan Burroughs say a great quote one time. It's very simple. He said, when it comes to raising his kids, but also coaching at a Nebraska college, he said, be disciplined or be disciplined, which means, you know, either you be disciplined or you're going to get disciplined. And if you're not disciplined in your, in your social life, you might get disciplined by the law. You know, you might get disciplined by getting cut from the team be disciplined or be disciplined. You know, I love that. You have the pain of discipline or the pain of defeat, Hmm. you know, and which one do you want to feel? Oh, pain of discipline all day. Correct. Yeah. And in, or, or, or failure, you know, and the defeat is failure. So you want the pain of failure or do you want the pain of discipline? And I think you want to, that's basically what he's saying to me. You know, that's what it, what that means. You know, and the choice is yours. Correct. The choice is yours, and and we all make that choice. And some kids are better players than others. I, you know, it's just the way it is. Some guys are faster. They're bigger. They're stronger. Whatever. But we all can play hard. We all have that ability. Now, in, we're innately lazy, right? As a human being, we find our way to make our lives easier every day. Right. You know, we, we go to college. We you know we're trying to make it easier, and. It's 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 not natural to go out there and, and and push yourself to do what you do in college. You know, having an athlete and being a student. You know, this and that's what our guys, the guys need, or gals too, whoever's you know college athletes they have to understand. Hey, that professor, whoever he or she is, she expects you to be very good in that classroom. She expects you to do your very best. And that's not asking a whole lot to do your best, all right? Now, what your best is may be different than everybody else, but do your best. As is the football coach or the women's volleyball coach, you know, they expect you to be your very best. That's important. And, and I don't know. So I don't want what you guys don't get about that. You know, this, is, this person has put their heart and soul into this. You know, this, this subject matter they teach, that's really important to them. And when you don't pay attention, when you come to late to class, when you turn things in, homework in late, or you turn it in not very well done, it's a slap in their face because they love that subject matter because that's what they teach and they love to teach and they, they, they love that. So that, that's, that's a really that's disrespectful. And just like, would you come to football practice late? No. Would you come, would you tell your Coach, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna execute the technique the way you want me to, because I'm gonna do it my way. We're well, not gonna play. Well, same thing, same thing in the classroom. I mean, that professor, that teacher, she, she, she wants you to be. She, she loves this subject, and now you may not love it as much, her, but you need to show us the respect. That, you know, hey, we need to get this done right and do mm-hmm. what she asks. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. I'm not sure I did that all the time, you know, but I, I, as you older you get, I mean, it's that simple in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's this, this, this person sitting up here has put their whole life and soul into this. Mm-hmm. And they, and they, and when you don't, when you don't do what minimum, the minimum work level to, to, to get, to get, to get a decent grade in a class, that's pretty, that's pretty 
pretty embarrassing, number one, but it, it's a disrespect to the instructor. Mm-hmm. And these guys are also role models. Like it Correct. or not, they're in a leadership position in the classroom. Correct. If they show respect, other people are more than likely going to show respect, right. and the world's going to be a better place better because place. of Better place. It's very simple. And just be a good guy. I mean, don't... And don't be we, a jerk. Right. <laughs> I mean, not all of us love math, and not all of us love biology, and not all of us love whatever, you know, and but... You know, people that really do. And if you're taking that subject matter, you need to you need to be be all in because it's important, or else you wouldn't take the class you know, to get your degree. So, what's your stance on on players and going out and partying and drinking? What do you say to all that? Because not a big fan of it. Obviously, um, I understand. I was in college. I get it. Uh, you know, too much of that is really really bad, and I don't want to be a you know, whatever, and, and, and be, a, be, a, be a dictator and say, oh, you can't do that. I, I, I say stay away from it and, uh, and, and be careful, you know, what you do. You know, you, too much of one thing is not good for you, I don't know, good or bad, you know. So I, I just, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, and uh, particularly drugs. I mean, I, you know, you, you know I, I don't, we're pretty, we're pretty lenient now towards marijuana, which I think is still very bad and i'm with you there i'm with you there i think we jumped the gun on legalizing that i do too and but that's my opinion doesn't make you know obviously people other people think it's differently Mm -hmm. but i think it leads to worse things and and i think it leads to bad habits you know and if you're an athlete why would you ever put anything in your lungs number one that's you know it's not good for you and number two why would you you know why'd you spend that money on that you know i don't get it you know Mm -hmm. so but and alcohol is the same thing. Alcohol is a bad deal. You know, yeah. and, you, know you, get, you get stuck. You know, like I said, if I'm sure you've, you've known some people in college that have, that have gone on and they've had to go through alcohol rehab. And, and they thought it was fun when they're in college, but when they get out of college, they can't stop it. And it becomes a real issue. It starts controlling their lives in, in, in a bad way. So. Right, and and some of the, when I think of people that I really look up to in my life, you know, talking about smoking pot and everything. They're not people that are weed smokers. You know, they're not those people. They're not the heavy drinkers. Those aren't mm. the people we look up to. Be mm. someone that you would look up to. Right. You know, do, do the things, at least this is my opinion, that someone that you would look up to would be doing. You know, right. and I, I just don't, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a weed hater type of person, I, I, but at the same time, I just don't respect that, that lifestyle. And well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, what, what do those people do who do that? They want to drag you in, so that justifies them being loving alcohol or loving marijuana or whatever. That's a great point. They, they just want you, well, you're a great athlete. See, he's a great athlete. He does And it. he's doing it, too. He's yeah. doing it, too. So everybody does it. Mm-hmm. No, everybody doesn't do it. Okay, and so uh, that's, not, that's not true. So right. um, I think it takes a special person, you know, in this day and age to stay away from that stuff. You know, and I don't know how with social media out there now, I, I I don't know how these high school and junior high kids. I bet I bet the bullying is really bad on social media. I, I would assume, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's just youth it's suicide a, rates continue to climb as social media um, engagement among that demographic continues to increase. It's terrible. I mean, I, I you know, I don't I don't get it. So, but it is. I don't. Yeah, I don't want you to put yourself in that position. Right. I, Especially you're an athlete, all the work you put in, it's just stupid, you know. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying being a prude and stay home all the time, but right, <laughs> you know, have fun in college. I get it, but 
um, that's that's been almost moderation, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. you know, we've talked about so many different things. I, I respect your time very much, and we've talked about a lot of interesting things and deep things, even. But I want to, you know, as we're winding down this conversation, I want to ask a few questions. I want to ask one main question, and I've got some some rapid fire questions I want to hit you with that will be a lot of fun. But yep. first of all, why do you why do you love football? If you love football, if oh, you, I love football, okay. and I've always loved football. Um, now, my job has made, especially the last 18, two years, have made, I haven't loved it as much because there's been a lot of things that have made my, our, our jobs as college coaches very, very difficult. And, um, but I still love football. Um, physicality of the game, you know, I like the physicality. It, it gives you a guy who plays with a great effort can overcome maybe a lack of ability in certain but but there comes a there comes a time where that ability takes over right you know you you're going to run into somebody like in a state in high school a state as you go through you know you're you're in your local area you're really really good but then you start getting in a tournament or 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 the you know the playoffs and you start playing really good teams and you're not quite as good as you thought you were you know um but in football, a, a person who's maybe not as gifted can, because of their effort and toughness, can really, really play. You know, and there's a lot of there's 11 positions on a on a field. You know, on each side of the ball, so there's there's more opportunity unless, unless you're a quarterback or a kicker. You know, mm-hmm. there's more opportunities to play, and and that's and 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 I I love that part of it. Um, but the physicality of football, I love it. The you know, toughness, yeah, the, the toughness. I like, I like hitting people. Yeah, I like I like challenging myself during training camp. I I thought that was really and it was miserable sometimes, and it felt like I was going to die sometimes. But, <laughs> but it was it was really good for me in the long run, and I, I really enjoyed. Once I got through a training camp, you know, I I would really be excited about that, and that, that was an accomplishment, you know, because particularly if you made it through without an injury, you know, that was pretty cool but um just just it's probably like being in the military yeah, yeah, well, i hate to say military because nothing like being in the military but making it through boot camp and now i'm ready for the the real thing you know mm-hmm. um and making it through training camp now i'm ready to, for the games uh but uh it, it's it's just uh yeah i love the physicality of it you know i i guess you can hit people and beat and kind of beat them up a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and, and not go to jail. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. You know? No, man. You have to stay within the rules, you know, I uh-huh. get it, but, but I like the physicality of it and, 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 uh, they don't call fouls, you know, they, they call penalties, but they don't call fouls, mm-hmm. you know, when you, for physical play, unless you're late or, or inappropriate now, I guess with targeting, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a violent game sometimes. And, it's it's it can be really tough, and uh, it's unbelievably rewarding, uh, but it also can be very very tough. And 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 people, what I about love about football is, and I love about coaching is, I like to watch the walk on player that comes in, and and we got a couple guys that, that are offensive linemen, for example, and, and they might not ever play, and and I love watching those guys come to work every day. Their Saturday is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, going down there and getting that defense better. Or, or that offense better, and and they love that's their Saturday. I mean, they go out there and play on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they just love playing. 
and they may not be the greatest player in the world, but they I just love those guys because, mm. and they do it for free because they're, they're not on scholarship, and it's just amazing to watch. Rare so, breed of human right just, there. That's oh my awesome. God. And you know when they walk out of your program, they're going to be really successful. Yep. Really successful. Those guys are some of the best, most successful people that in any program I've ever been in as a player and coach are some of the guys that, you know, they were just hard, hard, hard workers. They'd never hardly ever played, but they love being part of a team and, and they understand the importance of being a good teammate and understand what that means and the mm-hmm. work ethic goes behind that to make everybody make, not everybody can be a superstar. Not everybody's Drew Brees. Not everybody's, you know, first team All-American. Not everybody's going to be a starter. But football, there's a lot of roles you can play. And everybody's role is important. And I usually every August, I'll, 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 if you're in this room, and it's our first team meeting, you're in this room, whether you're a female trainer or a director of football operations or a male or female uh, GA or, or, or student manager or a player or a coach, whoever's in this room is really, really important. You're really important because if you think you're not, if you think, oh, I'm just a third-team guy, I'll never play, or I'm, you are very, very important, or you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And, and I, just, I just really think it's important everybody understands what their role is within the organization. And the, and the really the great ones, the, the people who are the, the, the meat and potatoes of the, of the program are the ones sometimes you don't even know. And it's like the meat and potatoes of State Farm. Or their company, you, they might not be the CEO of the company, but they, what they do is so important for everybody else because they're great teammates. They get, you know, they're, they're, if if these people aren't there, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So we we can't go out and prepare if we don't have people to pair against. Okay, so we got to have guys out there that want to do that, and they, and and that's hard to do. Uh, but it's the same way in the working world. And the people that embrace that and become really successful, they always have a job. Right. Those guys you're talking about are built for success. I mean, those pe- the people that work behind the scenes that, that are willing to sacrifice their own time, their energy and effort, and even get beat up for the well-being of the team as a whole. Right. And even when they don't get the spotlight and the recognition that they, they might deserve, and they just work so hard and they're tough and they're gritty. It's like, yeah, take that to the workforce and be amazed at the type of success those guys can have. Uh, being a coach and having two children that play college athletics my daughter was a softball player and my my son was a football player here you know i told him i don't you know alicia i hope you hit a home run every time you have to play i really do but if you strike out every time i'll still be just as proud of you okay so understand that i mean it's not it's because i know the effort you're putting in i know how hard it is to be a college athlete i know and same with Brent. I said, listen, if you, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be a superstar. I mean, you don't, and, you know, I'm just as proud of you that, you know, I watched, well, I got to watch him practice every day. So I was kind of, I never was that close a part of his life until he got to college because I was never around other than watching him on the game, right? So I'm never on the practicing. And so I'm proud of you the way you practice. It's awesome, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the effort you put into it and the effort you did, you, you became a better student and, that's that's you know I know you want to be make a bunch of play I get it but it's really to me you know when you're a parent you really it's not it shouldn't be the most important thing you know I'd, I'd sit in the stands with my daughter and I and they knew I was a coach right and they knew I was a coach at Purdue my daughter played for Purdue and 
some of these dads who are, you know, all these dads are travel softball coaches, you know, and, and they're giving me plays, but they want to sit next to me, give me a play by play. And I said, you know, I know what's going on. Our, our, our coach is an Olympic gold medalist, and they, oh, she should be doing that. She should be doing that. She should be doing that. I said, she's an Olympic gold medalist. She sees our kids every day in practice. And she, and I'm sure she's trying to do the best for the team. So, so just, let's just leave it at that. And spoken like a true coach. Oh my God. And <laughs> even when my, you know, you know, when, you know, we kids get in streaks and those sports, you know, and sometimes they're playing well and they're, 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 they're in the lineup. Sometimes they're not playing well. They're not hitting. They're not in the lineup. And, mm. and they, oh, well, you're, you know, I said, it's, it's not hitting. It's pretty simple. <laughs> Hit the ball. And, and, and she starts hitting. She'll be back in the lineup. You know, it's just, so it's just, it, you know, it's just the ebbs and flows of being a college athlete. And in the end, it, 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 oh, that's what that's what makes who you are. You know how tough you are, and and, and you have to have, you know, and life life's going to throw a lot of tough things at you. Like we saw, we said before, and I, you know, hope it's not horrible for some guys and some gals, but. Unfortunately, there are some bad things that happen to you, and you have to be that able. That will happen to, to all of us, right? And your family's going to be looking at you. You know, that's a whole different deal now, and and it's a whole you're responsible for these people, mm-hmm. and, and I mean you're really responsible, and it's a whole different world now, and um, so he's, you know, I think that's what it teaches us. I like to want. I really want to be the person. That's why I love football. That yeah, Long great answer. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I really want to be. I think it's important to be the person that people can rely on when th- when disaster hits. You know, right. I think that's a, a valuable thing to be in. Right. You know, we're winding down here. Beautifully put, by the way. Great answer. I just have a few questions for you. First, in as few words as possible, how's the season look coming up this year? I think it's it, we have a chance to be pretty good. You know, we we're uh, we're going to be better than we were a year ago. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, our quarterback's good. We got a guy keep him healthy, uh, but uh, I, I think we have some. We've made some improvements in, in certain parts of our program that that I think are are going to really help us this fall. I think we're pretty good. Right on. Well, first question here for you. First rapid fire question: Who's the most talented player you've ever coached at ISU? Uh, Trey Roberson. What position did he play? Quarterback. He, what years? Uh, he was. He took us fourteen and fifteen. He took us to the uh, national championship game. I mean, he's part of it. You know, he was probably the most talented college player we have here. I mean, we've had some guys who are pros, but but as a college player, he was a dyna- he's dynamite. Most talented player you've ever coached. Period. Been around some great ones. Um, Directly coached, um, I had I had several first rounders at Purdue, but I had a kid named Landon Johnson, who, in my opinion, was was the best athlete, best football player I've ever coached. Now he played seven years in the league, and people hear who's Landon Johnson, but he he was a third round pick. Uh, he played for four years for Cincinnati with leading tackler. I think he played two or three years down at, down in. He got trade. He got uh, they got free agent and went to uh, uh, Carolina and played for three years. Got hurt, you know, and mm-hmm. I think he played about seven total. But I mean, a great athlete and a great person and smart and one of the best, in my opinion, the best. He I never saw him on the ground ever. <laughs> no, one, and, and there were linemen that would the offensive linemen would 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 mark guys that they cut, and he never 
ever was on the ground. He said, no, he never put him on the ground. Guy what can't, a stud. Can't, can't get him on the ground. He's like a cat. <laughs> he, 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 he just, he, I mean, he walked in here. He said, that's, a, that's, a, that's an NFL player. He looks like a, a two-guard in basketball. You know, he's he's 6'1". He looks like he's 6'3", but he's about 6'1". Weighed about 212, so I weighed. He got up to 231 year in pro football. He said, what'd you end up? 212. Yeah, that's because of what he is. And But, man, he led, like I said, he led, the, he led the, you know, Cincinnati in tackles for four straight years. Just a great athlete and just a tough and just loved him. Stud, yeah. yeah. Stud. Great athlete. Fastest kid on the ISU team right now. I don't know. I hope that whoever you say yeah, watches this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a kid named Jeff Bowens. He's a he's a field corner. He's from uh, Michigan. He's he can really run. Um, we have a slot uh, from Orlando, Florida, uh, that can really run. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Nigel White from from Fort Fort Lauderdale is very fast. I, think, I I don't know, but I'd probably I'd probably say if we're gonna race, and there's a lot of other guys who they can really run, mm. but um, they can probably all run to they some can extent. All run, <laughs> but, uh, those guys are really fast, but there's some other fast guys uh, that might even be faster. But I would I'd kind of put my money on Bowens, Jeff Bowens. He, he's not a very big guy, but he can fly now. He's really run. He's fast. Well, congratulations, that'd be, that'd be my, Bowen. That'd be my bet. Okay, my got guess. It. How about the toughest kid on the team right now? That's a that's a tougher question to, to answer. A lot I guess. of tough ones. Um, I mean, just gritty can can hang forever. I'm always I'm always going to lean towards linemen, you know, because I think that's Those a guys tough, are tough. Oh man, they're tough. Um, yeah, we got some tough guys. I, I Bones Drew Bones, our center, is a tough kid and uh, rarely misses any practice or anything, and rarely hurt. You know, he's just really really. Gritty guy, uh, Pete Bassone from from like right here in normal community is a tough kid. He's not not the tallest guy in the world, but he's really physical. Um, I like the the Deming twins are, are tough guys. Uh, I think the DN because of where he plays is is, is a gritty guy. Uh, so I'd say those guys. I mean, there's there's a we got a lot of tough guys. Two more here. Favorite beer? If you drink beer. I do. Um, Spotted Cow. Right on from yeah. Wisconsin. Is that yeah, Wisconsin? Wisconsin yeah. yeah, that's Wisconsin. There's one called Capital uh, out of Madison. It's a pretty good beer. I like I like those beers, but uh, um, I'd go with I'd go with that if I probably will. If we're gonna guess. Right mm-hmm. on. Last one here. Does your wife have any uh, nicknames for you? Uh I'm trying to think. <laughs> Well, it must not, not to, be that not, common. Not, not gonna say on on air, probably. <laughs> um, no, not really. What? Nothing. It's just Brock I, all the time. I, yeah, pretty much. Not Brocky Poo or anything. No, 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 no. I tell you, she said that. I said no. That's that's the end of that. Don't, don't be saying that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Bit of a lame question to end on, yeah, though. But uh, pretty lame. I'm sorry. I, I can't think of anything. I'll probably think of it when I drive to work. Hey, that's no big deal. We just want honest answers here. But Brock's back. Hey, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun talking with you, and I appreciate your time today. Well, thanks for having me on, Paul. I had a good time. Absolutely. My pleasure. That's ISU head football coach Brock Spack. Thanks, everyone.